Hello, any trenders. Welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast. Tis I, hopefully at this point a familiar voice, James, your perennial host, and joining me is once again just one of the usual suspects. Hey everyone, it's uh, Nico, your Anime Trending Awards co-host. Yes, it's very exciting. I am a little jealous. I remember helping out Quok, uh oh gosh, how many years ago was it? A couple years ago with uh, the Anime Trending Awards, where it was... I think there was like three of us all huddled in his apartment, uh, <laughs> like on laptop computers, trying to be mods for diff- for the different streams. And then at some point I was, we were also, tr- I think the next year, um, Mehdi and I tried to join in as like color commentary, but we hadn't worked out all the kinks yet. And because of the delay in the stream, there were times when he and I would be talking over stuff or uh, where Mehdi and I would be talking over stuff. And at some point Quark's like, you both just need to stop talking. <laughs> oh my gosh so. that's funny well i mean this year it's actually a little bit more tighter i mean uh we probably have some scripts written out for what's going to happen i mean just kind of be a little bit more presentation wise but um the spoiler alert is that as the time of the recording i haven't actually voiced the awards yet but don't worry uh future me has already um visited and said i did a great job so that's that's enough to to motivate me for for this week so um in case you yeah, future nick has hit it out of the park congratulations future nick on a 10 out of 10 performance yeah i had a great performance um hit it out of the park proud of it um it was so good that Crunchyroll canceled their entire con <laughs> i totally forgot that happened oh my gosh i don't even want to talk about that it's like it's so cursed and i thought about that like but especially because like the, the thing is is like how much money that like usually we don't even really talk about control as a competitor but i think this is like the one sphere i think i i'm proud to say that we compete in um yeah and there's enough eyeballs i guess within the industry and within fan groups that um do pay attention to what's going on within the awards that I think makes it kind of interesting when Crunchyroll spends a lot of money on like the actual guests that they're going to do for their awards. Um, and, and it kind of shocks me, I guess the amount of money that they're able to spend on it. And if we can make a comparable product, like we're already like kind of winning just by being yeah. in the ring. Well, the the thing that gets me, especially like the timeline of it and they're they're probably related differently just because of the way that a large company like you know Crunchyroll Funimation greater the greater Sony Aniverse yeah um kind of operates and and silos off different departments but the news of Crunchyroll Expo 2023 is canceled here's everybody we're bringing to the awards we're laying off 85 people yeah, it's a really, really big disconnect of how much money was spent on, like, the award show versus um, other parts. And, like, I don't know. I always thought the, wor- the worst part with Crunchyroll itself was the fact that, like, their awards are at 6 p.m. local yeah. Japanese time. Not So you have to wake up in case anyone's, like, aware of trying to wake up for live events like that at that time. It's probably around um, super late night in the West um so yeah like 2 a.m ish um something like that i think the way i if i remember correctly japan is 16 hours ahead of the west coast of the united states which means that the u.s is eight hour no is uh uh 16 hours behind so if it's at 6 p.m 
Japanese time. That's 18 o'clock, basically. And then you yeah. subtract 16 from that. So it's 2 a.m. 2 a.m. And then the question is, like, why? Because Crunchyroll doesn't really have a brand within Japan. And I'm not really sure what the audience is. Unless it's, like... It, it almost feels like the presentation could have been, like, an email that they sent out to all the press outlets to just <laughs> publish the list. Because I feel like that's the only way a lot of... Um, a lot of Western people are going to be able to get um, their information from, and and to an extent, our our thing is true true too. But yeah, you could totally just skip the live stream event and wait until afterwards when we post our news. Yeah, article and by the time this air episode airs, like the results are going to be out, so there's definitely going to be a link in the description just to see the full list of details. Because today we're going to be talking about the winners and kind of seeing like what to make of everything. Yeah. We'll 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 uh we'll harp on some of the other uh, time zone and awards scheduling stuff later. I suppose that's definitely a different episode. We want to be positive here. I was listening to a previous episode uh to catch up. Uh, it's the it's winter and spring nominees who we expected to win, and then the um the summer and fall nominees who we expected to win, and. <laughs> Uh, there's a comment I make, which is stay tuned for the bonus episode of Nick and James's unhinged, angry rant about, uh, anime release schedules. Cause, oh, um, okay. Yeah. Cause we were talking about, uh, summertime rendering and, um, uh, Yojohan time machine blues. Yeah. 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 That was like crazy for how long it took for, for those shows to air out. And like, I feel like that did have an effect on having them in the actual counting of the words. Cause it's just like, these are, these are legitimately good shows, but I feel like they just didn't get the chance to really take off based on the distribution. Um, yeah, not enough eyes, but they're also shows that I'm like, I feel like the shows that were good. I mean, summertime rendering was already good in of itself. Um, because even despite that, I think you still had enough discussion um, within the sphere just for people um, even among people who just went out of their way to to watch the episode no matter what i think it still had its own following um yeah so before we get into that though uh we must do the weekly tradition of the chart check so let's get into it this is the chart for week six this was publi- pub- published published on the 19th of february um in first place, we have The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. In second place, we have Buddy Daddies. In third place, we have, uh, as a sequel, uh, The Eminence in Shadow. Um, and then also in third place, for the serialized, you know, weekly seasonal stuff, um, non-sequel show, we have Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible. In fourth place, we have Tomochan is a Girl. In fifth place, we have The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady. In sixth place, we have Vindland Saga Season 2. In seventh place, we have Bofuri, I Don't Want to Get Hurt, So I'll Max Out My Defense Season 2. In ninth place, we or sorry, in eighth place, we have The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague. In ninth place, as a second core or like continuing show, um, we have Blue Lock. In ninth place for new shows, we have Onimai, I'm Now Your Sister. And then in 10th place, we have Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, part f- uh, Season 4, Part 2. Okay, that's... A- <laughs> I can't believe that's how the title's written out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
that's it's like a it's like a a file extension you know so it doesn't count as like a second chord like how blue lock counts because it is it just because there was like a one chord gap between the two or i think so yeah i think uh, gracie would know better um on like the technicalities of what that is i'm just looking at it like wait it didn't continue but it is kind of its own fresh thing yeah it's uh it's kind of weird but yeah i think it's because there was a one chord gap in between uh that we got that i gotta come up with a better title for those like you know website only shows that are the second core kind of their rankings. yeah like, like like in case you wanted to see how the show that was still popular that had a second core is is ramping up between the two because i mean blue black is still popular among all the other stuff too and that's, that's yeah, something that's and, kind of interesting especially because now that like we're past the world cup hype time yeah. like we we didn't have like there were moments that we had blue lock is real going into that um still there yeah i'm i'm excited that the eminence and shadow jumped up a couple places to get to third because the second season just got announced yeah i, so. I think <laughs> i think it was funny like not counting eminence and shadow i mean maybe i maybe i'll count it but the top four are all of the romance shows for <laughs> <laughs> yes the the romance show buddy daddy the god god i wish that was me just me with my buddy raising a kid like we we would have the funnest times two dads <laughs> even though yeah. that's not even that wouldn't even be us though because if we were talking about like just people within the anime trending staff like um we've, we've met we, i don't remember if we mentioned this on other episodes but it's just the in joke is that gracie and agnes are just the two buddy daddies um and it's like they apparently have like the same personality types um in each of these situations and it's almost uncanny when like the more we compared it between the two (laughs) yeah it is it's pretty goofy oh my gosh i think it'd be really funny watching agnes and gracie try to raise a kid that'd be so chaotic though it's like See, this is what happens. Gracie has to step out for a week and we're just going to talk about her. Oh, I know. No, I'm not. I'm not going to spill all the tea because, you know, it's like, like, I feel like this is a time where, like, maybe next time she's on because Buddy Daddies is going to be in the top 10, like, moving forward. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to bring this up just because, like, I just need we need to hear it directly from Gracie about it. Um, because by this point, the more episodes that have come out, the more similarity she's found between Ray and Agnes. That it's just it's kind of hilarious. Like when I read all the chats where she's just like, "No, please stop!" And then it's just they just yeah. like me for real bullying Agnes. Oh no! But yeah, so I, I think it's an interesting top four, um, especially because like the one shows that like I'm I'm looking forward to the most every week is. Um, the number five and number six, so the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady, as well as Vinland Saga season two, have been kind of my two main things. Um, I have finally gotten more into the meat of Trigon Stampede, and I do think that that show is surprisingly underrated relative to our charts. Um, yeah, sitting there in a cool 27th place. Cool 27th place. Everyone is a little bit allergic to 3D CG, but that's okay. Um, it's such a departure from the original that, like, it's kind of um, it's so hard to compare the two. Like, if you go back and revisit the classic Trigon, it's it's like 
the tone, the, the actual direction of meandering that the first um, original series does in the first couple episodes is um, so hard to compare with the actual story that Trigon Stampede is trying to tell. Um, yeah. But I think it's it's at that point where we've seen enough of the action and the tone to actually see it like stand on its own. Like it doesn't have to rely on um, past nostalgia for the series. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's all I gotta say right now. I think there's some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, we can get into it later, I think, because uh, pretty sure it's going to qualify as one of our, you know, I think that I called the episode last time not so top 10, you know, our favorite shows that aren't in the top 10. Um, oh, yeah. Would that be just from staff pick for Aspect Award is probably where Trigun's going? Because, like, I feel like yeah. a lot of the, like, a couple of the 3D CG have a, a lot of interesting individual things they can do because i mean i even think like kind of the great snow sea is is also pretty great for sceneries and visuals but i think that i think that shotgun stampede has it beat and and it probably has a lot of shows beat for its scenery and visual um Mm -hmm. but that 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 dude even just like space the space scapes are uh yeah really nice to look at Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially with the lighting, all the stars, and everything else on on some of those shots. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really nice isolated, um, a lot of, a lot of cool isolated images to look at for that. Absolutely. So now it's time to get into the winners of the uh, anime trending awards. So I've got the list up here, and I kind of wanted to focus mostly on anime of the year because that's kind of the big one, and that's the one that we talked about. Um, in previous episodes, but then if there's any particular, I guess, surprises of like, oh, so-and-so got, you know, or this this show got this award or this character got this award and you either didn't expect it or you're pleasantly surprised by it, uh, we'll definitely, like, talk about those things. Or even just, uh, this this happens to me every year, is the awards get published and I go, right, that show aired in, you know, whatever year they were voting for, because my goldfish memory just kind of kicks in and I forget about anime. Yeah, especially because, like, right now, you'll just be like, wait, um, Buddy Daddies could be getting an anime trending award right now, like, in a, in a year from now, especially because it's, like, this this season with the winner. Yeah. So, uh, the winner of Anime of the Year, which for all of you who tuned in to the live stream or read our tweets or our news article, for those of you that haven't done any of that, uh, first of all, congratulations for finding this podcast. Uh... And second of all, uh, the winner of Anime of the Year for 2022 was Bochi the Rock, which I'm not too... Yeah, I'm pretty happy sound for effect. Yeah, There are a ton of picks, I guess, from the list. I think about five or six of them, I would have been really, really excited um, if they were to win. Um, and so, like... I guess with Bochi the Rock, what's kind of nice about it, I think what what I've said on on stream is that like Bochi the Rock is kind of a very organic feeling hype because it came in kind of as an original show, um, and it really took like four or five weeks for a lot of the social media presence to really take off for for Bochi the Rock. Um, I think there was a couple people who knew from the beginning or like first couple episodes. I think it really establishes itself um, hilariously. So. Um, genuinely interesting animation and voice work and music above all else um 
it it has i think probably one of the best complete packages of like just strength in every category we can look at while also somehow being about a band like a high school band show you know it's like it's kind of interesting how like it's like the genre versus like what it actually brought is so like I, like I, I want to call it unexpected but it, it, it i think i think that's unexpected i guess yeah i i don't want to call it like lightning in a bottle but it is one of those shows where like everything just happened to everything just happens to come together just right for it to be that kind of big sweep uh that kind of just you know nobody knew that this is what they wanted but once it appeared in front of them everybody ate it up yeah and like there was other shows that even if if i was going to just compare it just to music shows i think Boshi the Rock does a really nice job with within the music serving as kind of like the emotional peaks, but also they're not necessarily playing the same song every time. Because that was actually one of my one complaints about a show like Yo Boy Kong Ming, which I loved. I loved the gimmick on it, but then they kept playing like the same song over and over and over again. So it kind of lost the um the actual appeal in the music ironically enough it's supposed to be like a music comedy show but it's like it's kind of overdoing the music part yeah i i agree with that um there was um i'm trying to remember which one it was it might be i want to say it's it was given but i it's been so long since i've watched that show that i can't remember specifically but that i think was another show where it was you know a an anime with a lot of musical aspects to it but yeah, it was like the same, like one or two songs. And so after the, you know, third time hearing it, you kind of go, you, you start to tune it out because it's not new anymore. Yeah. And like the only other shows I think that would have come close for me personally. I mean, I think, I think Ranking of Kings had a really good, um, pretty good run overall. I think the first quarter is probably a little bit stronger than the second quarter, which I think might have affected overall viewing results. Um and, and like Mob Psycho 3 is also one of the really strong ones just because it's kind of like this this entire celebration of the, of just a really beloved show in the finale um, that I think it probably it, it keeps kind of like redefining itself season after season that um, I would have been really happy seeing Mob Psycho 3 go through. But I almost like I almost would have expected it, if that makes sense, like. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, having listened to our previous episodes and re- I wrote down what we all thought would win, uh-huh. like what we think will win and what we want to win from each of the seasons. And both of the shows you mentioned, Ranking of Kings and Mob Psycho 100, were the ones that you think would win based like out of their respective pool of seasons. So for the fall season, you're, you're like, yeah, Mob Psycho 100. And then for the winter season, you're like Ranking of Kings. So yeah, you are consistent. What? <laughs> And then Licorice Recoil, was that summer as well? That was summer. Yeah, that's the that's what I thought would have had the biggest like competition was um was Licorice Recoil. Just because that was also kind of like the show of the um of the season and everybody thought like this is gonna be the show of the year. And I realized I just peeked my mic making that weird mouth click noise, so I'm sorry. Bruno, <laughs> you have to edit that out. I think, like, with the Lic- Licorice Recoil, it probably was, like, the most anime show of the year, if that makes sense. Like, it it, it had a lot of um, two completely different genre shifts, um, while also still kind of keeping a lighthearted and serious story, like, depending on, like, the kind of mood it was. So, I think it was a show that 
had a lot of universal appeal um yeah but also like shows like spy family and dress up darling also like had that kind of same thing like like a lot of people were picking up both of those shows too um that i i don't know if that was like i guess too muddled between each of the uh the what was i gonna try to say like the uh the competition within each of them because of just how the casual um fan bases were interacting might might have played a role in that but I, i'm not a hundred percent sure yeah i mean we can never really know um just because we are not the hive mind of anime fans and there's mm-hmm. only so much information we can get like people vote but they don't tell us why they vote for a particular show so we can speculate it on you know on it as much as we want but um i i would have been shocked if like gundam wish from mercury ended up winning like i would have loved I that also, because i'm also yeah. like hot take ending on like the craziest cliffhanger i haven't watched it yet and i have a friend that's telling me to literally wait until the story continues before i start watching it because she thinks i won't be able to handle the i cliffhanger. think you should hand have three months of the ending just festering inside just so you can just be like please i really really need this next next season it makes this this particular core go by extremely slow because, because i almost feel like it's week eight them. but it's not it's like week six or something it's week six four more weeks plus a little bit of extra for that special sauce crazy crazy gundam stuff uh does this make gundam potentially uh a contender though for 2023 since it's like season two of of Gundam, I think it would, um, provided so it the a second, second core does really well. I think it can. I, 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 it all, it all hinges on that. I mean, where the, wherever the story goes from there, um, I think it, it's been picking up week after week, um, in its respective season. Uh, the only thing I can see that could be an issue is if, if, if recency bias plays into effect. Um, cause I, cause yeah, exactly. Like if it's something that's like a winter 2023 show coming in, like might not be able to handle the next new show coming in fall of 2023. That's just, that's just really hard to deal with as well. Yeah, that's true. And it, it's a little difficult cause part of me is like, ah, Bochy the rock recency bias, but it's hard to cry that when the show is just that good. Yeah. I mean, to quote another, uh, animation award show uh devil man crybaby came out like in january of 2018 i want to say and it kind of just ended the anime of the year uh in like the first month like it, it was it was that that show was going to win hands down as it's going through so like you you never really know i mean it's not um that's true it's yeah. it's not too uncommon for a show to like a winner show to get through but it it has to be the one a very special show, I guess, to get through that. I do wish Devilman Crybaby had been released weekly. I don't. I, I, mean, I watched it all, and I was we we also watched it weekly, though. Yeah, we did watch it weekly, which led to um, which episode? I think it was like episode eight or something. The ending of that episode, uh, or was it episode nine? I don't know. There was a lot of endings that kind of like collectively it, broke it's been like five years i can talk about it now it. the episode the episode where miki gets killed oh my gosh that was like and the it, second it, to last episode that was brutal yeah yeah but then like because we all watched it and then we all just had to like that was the last show of the night we just had to leave we just like that we were done we had sat to go there home. all sad like 
That was that like, was a I good still, time. I still they, they they had a the unique ending theme for that episode that was supposed to be like this sweet nostalgia kind of riddled one where the ending animation is just Akira and Miki on a motorcycle. Um <laughs> and when I would still like it's just on my like anime playlist and so sometimes if when I've been in the car with Quark uh it'll just come up and he like it only takes like 10 seconds for him to be like oh this episode oh god <laughs> like permanent psychic damage dealt to it dealt to song, my man. <laughs> I, I jam out whenever that song the the Konyadeke song comes on on my spotify it's, so it's like i don't care about how it made me feel at the time it's a good song yeah so I listen to anyway we'll talk about devil man crybaby later so that that was, I guess, with anime of the year. Is there any other thoughts you had specifically within the anime of the year phase, or are there other categories that I think piqued your interest? Um, um, I think like we've both kind of discussed like anime of the year, Bochi the Rock, they won, good job. The one thing that it kind of I'm looking at anime movie of the year, and I have a lot of personal bias here, like a lot of personal bias. Um, but the winner was. Sword Art Online Progressive Aria of a Starless Night. I've heard good things about it. I did not watch it. I kind of fell off on um, Sword Art Online. I heard that like the last couple seasons, uh, the Alicization arcs have been really good. That kind of stuff. I I kind of I set it down after um, after the like Gun Gale Online arc. I think like that one. Uh, I kind of like set it down when that reached it, its conclusion and then just never picked it up again because by the time it started up, I had moved on to different shows. Basically, I got into it when I was in high school, like my my senior year of high school, I just started watching it um, and I kept watching it until there wasn't any more to be watched. But by that time I had started going to undergrad. I met you and the rest of the guys in the anime. So basically club. you're just saying like you, you grew up and said, I, I got better taste. Goodbye, yeah. Sword art online. Yeah. So I mean, better taste is a rude way to put it. The show apparently is. I, I was going to say at like the, time, the movie is, is the pretty time. legit good. And I, I don't think it's fair to, to write it off just from even just the initial bits. I think that, I think that you're totally wrong. That's that's my that's my cold take. Um, no, that's totally that's totally valid. Uh, I haven't I haven't interacted with Sword Art Online in so long that my my idea of what it is is so antiquated that it shouldn't count as like I should not have opinions on this series anymore. Yeah, and like it it really depends on the kind of show that you're watching because um, I I always feel like going back and retrospectively gun Gale online arc is probably like one of the worst arcs to go through. And it, it's, it's enough to really rewrite to like, to like write off the rest of the series. Um, and it has a couple of like really big flashes of brilliance that I'm like, wow, this is really, this is like, I'm almost like kind of like ironically watching it, but then I'm like, wait, am I unironically enjoying what I'm seeing right now with like one of my friends? And like, I had that feeling in some of the series uh, most notably, I think the Gungiel Online Alternative series, I think, is is hilarious um, as its own side story. I mean, the climax of that series, I think, is really fun and well worth um, the the short twelve episode ride it took to get there. Um, and even a lot of the Alicization arcs, I think, makes it interesting just just as far as like action goes, animation sequences. Um, the one thing is that you do kind of have to have that shown in. Uh, suspension of disbelief in a lot of the cases because there's a lot of like power up a lot of 
um, parts where you're like, okay, I guess we're going to just accept that the government is now using Kirito as an agent to like thwart international crime um, and crazy terrorism plots like through video game. Like, like this is mm-hmm. all somehow connected on that, that you're just like, well, I'm going to just ignore like the parts that I feel like are really, really silly. Um, yeah. And just have a good time with it. Yeah. 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 And so the thing with, with, so with like SAO progressive, I mean, it's just kind of like going back to the original um, root of the series by just having it kind of more grounded into the, the more action parts of SAO rather than the weird slice of lifey parts that it does. Cause I, I always felt like that was kind of like the biggest sin of, the original quote, the good first season that everyone calls that good, but it it goes really slice of life, like really quick in like what's supposedly like a death game sequence. You know, it's, it's almost like you kind of have to have either constant action or some, um, some more, some like higher stakes as it goes. And I, I feel like this one kind of (laughs) progresses in a better way. Um, one of the one of the comments I've heard on the internet is that you can kind of watch Reki Kawahara as an author like grow and develop just as you read through the series because the writing gets better as time goes on. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I I do feel like taking the original simpler material and just getting a re edit from the main author like I think goes a long way in just giving better presentation. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. But anyway. The main reason I launched into that, like, this is who won anime movie of the year, I did not want it to win, I am extraordinarily biased, is not that I have necessarily a bias against um, Sword Art Online, but it's because I have a massive bias for Review Starlight. I know. And Yeah. I know. I, I As soon as it got nominated, I was like, I'm so happy it's nominated. I'm so thrilled. And then deep in my heart, I went, it's not going to win. And I can't admit it out loud because if I do, I'll break the illusion I'm building for myself. Uh. I'm going to pull up the results and just tell you which movies it lost to. Because if it lost to Bubble, that would be like, that would probably shatter your ego, I would say. Oh, gosh. Like, yeah, I hope I hope not. What place I mean, did it get? Let's find out. Um, <sighs> oh, jeez. Because I, you know, I have I have a lot of, of friends that are very deeply into it. I mean, Mehdi, in loving memory, he's not dead. We just like to think about him. Has made Review Starlight, as he's jokingly said, a core part of his personality. Um, yeah, so much so that I'm like, oh gosh, please no. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's at this point it's uh you know live stage productions in the mobile game and I'm like I'm shuddering thinking like what happens when the mobile game stops, um, <laughs> I guess I'll have to go back to just being a a card fight vanguard stan, um, but I really liked the movie I really liked Review Star at the movie, I I will it had a couple things working against it though it is a sequel to the TV show, which is already a ding because you then have to watch this show and i know purely based on how well review starlight did when it was airing uh that not a lot of people watched it um which which is uh kind of a problem there um it just it requires it requires you to remember a lot about the the series and even though i think the music is amazing and the animation is beautiful and the story is, I think, engaging if you, again, if you remember what happened in the previous series. It, there's really quite a lot of layers to this movie. And 
I think all that those that layering makes it a really enjoyable watch, but also makes it a very like I don't want to say gatekeepy, but it is very much like you must know this much about the series in order to understand what's happening. So I don't know, because like I mean, on the same list, you had Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, which did extraordinarily well at the box office. Like I think going in, I honestly thought that um, Jujutsu Kaisen was going to be the one that was going to win it. Um, I mean, it still also just kind of has that issue of being like, you kind of have to watch the series, but because it's a prequel, you kind of don't, but also it helps. Yeah, that's what every time, and this is something I do, and I should really readjust my way of thinking, but every time we do get the nominations for movie of the year, my default automatically puts all of the standalone films slightly higher than all of the ones that are like sequels to shows. So my initial thought was, that Bell was probably going to be. Oh no way, um, man! <laughs> I liked it. I, li- I thought it was okay. I mean, it was. Well, I mean, I compared it to like all the other ones. Maybe like Pompo the Cinephile, but that I didn't watch that one because I couldn't find a way to watch it. Like accessibility was really hard for me for this year. Mm-hmm. I think I, wa- yeah, I out true. of the out of the ten nominees, I watched three of them. Um. Yeah, it was it Bell, was hard Jesus for Christ sure. Yeah, no, and, and like Bell, Bell was okay as a movie. I think it was like it was one of the ones where like I thought it was pretty. I thought it had really good. Gave me a lot of really good desktop backgrounds. I think <laughs> um, it had a couple of good songs that I enjoyed, and that that was kind of it. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't really like a lot. The story had a lot going on. There was we. I think we had a conversation about it after I watched it. And, you know, there was oh, a lot yeah, of like, for sure. plot issues. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was it was enough that like unless it it had to be like how did I describe it like almost like it would have had to have had like insane Western box office kind of like how your name was like everywhere too before I I, yeah. I would have considered it having a chance um but that's usually just because like for Mamoru Hosada movies I kind of prefer like Wolf Children and stuff um, yeah I think so I want now I want to rewatch Wolf Children that was a good movie oh yeah it's a really good movie make me cry every time um. I, I I did think though in 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 the back of my head I would have like I, I I don't know how I would have dealt if Revy Starlight did win because it would have meant like wow these people are like really really dedicated to their one show because that would be like oh my gosh it's like Medi and James's fan club is like everywhere right now like I know it was uh on the the subreddit for the show and also for the mobile game and also on the Twitter community like the mobile game players and the mobile game Discord. All of like them were like, hey, the movie to got nominated. Vote. Oh. Everybody vote for it. Oh my gosh. That's so So funny. there was a concerted effort. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Yeah. We tried. We put up the good fight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're fighting like literally two giant behemoths because I was like, because I, I just thought if it wasn't SAO, it was probably Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. And like, yeah. And then even after that, there's the FGO movie. Like, just based on the size of the franchise, those are the three big people to take down. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that's that's me kind of, you know, crying tears of blood in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a bit surprised by the Boy of the Year winner, actually. Okay, um, yeah, let's see. Which is Shinpei Ajiro from Summertime Rendering. And, again, this is, my experience with Summertime Rendering, I think, is different than a lot of our voters. Because as I mentioned in a previous episode of the podcast here, I have not seen Summertime Rendering because it was not available in the U.S. when it was airing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I didn't watch it. But I had read it. Like, I I read the manga. And my, like, 
I don't know. I, I found Shinpei kind of like he was fine. I didn't find him particularly inspiring. I thought there were cooler characters in the series than him. And so watching him get boy of the year compared to like all the other nominees, it just felt kind of weird. Were you expecting like Lloyd Torger to win? Because like, I, I, I get that like Shinpei is, he's got his flaws, which I think make him kind of a compelling character, I guess. Um, I guess I, I, I thought, you know, um, probably like mob was a nominee like how did even mob reagan i mean reagan like if reagan got second place on the list like i would have been so happy i would be so funny because like what was it when he he lost the uh tumblr sexy man competition as well yeah i think he came in second place in the tumblr Who sexy did he man lose uh, to i forget like to say i can't number, remember but like he just he got number two and that's all everyone remembers about that <laughs> All right, I'm going to just look it up. Uh, it was Sans Undertale. Oh my god. Uh, okay, I'm done. Let's just let's just stop this recording right now. Yeah, the uh the Tumblr 2022 Sexy Man bracket. Uh the winner is Sans Undertale and then second place is is Reagan from Mob Psycho 100. So, that's it. I also thought that there would have probably been a higher chance that like Shiragane from Kagisama Love is War Ultra Romantic would have won because Yeah. Um, from previous winners, we had, um, another Kaguya character win Boy of the Year, um, like two years ago? Yeah, it was, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? The Treasurer. Yeah, Treasurer, he's got the headphones and stuff. Why can we not remember his name? Wow. I don't, know. I, I don't remember his name, I just remember, like, how he made me feel, and he made me feel great, so. Good president, I want to die, I'm going home early. Yeah. Poor guy. Um. The point I was trying to say is uh, like uh, Yuishigami. Yuishigami, you're right. Okay, like I was just saying like that. I thought that that was like a pretty big voting block um, that could have performed pretty well with it. Um, and I just don't know if it's just like sequel fatigue at this point, or if it's just like knowing that it's not necessarily the last season that could have helped. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think it's telling. Like depending on like the location like where all the votes were at because i think that the summertime rendering because it got released in southeast asia that meant like you had a huge amount of following from those regions just because it was airing like at the normal time which coincided with a lot of the awards season that's fair that's fair i don't know that's just just the one that kind of sticks out to me all the rest i'm not too surprised by um like Marine winning girl of the year not surprised uh shirogane and, I, I don't even uh, think i don't even think gracie's surprised because she said quote my choice, her choice, which was Chisato, was doomed to get second place. And unfortunately, Chisato, I, she didn't even get second place because it was between Marion and um, and Bochi. Ah. It was close, yeah. though. Yeah, it was just like, ooh. I want to say Chisato had to have been like in that like top three as well at that point because i i forget how the format went because i think we revealed the top five and then we cut to top two from there something like that so yeah. um, I, th this is really showing like how little we actually remember in terms of like the full list of awards because anybody who's watched the live stream is probably yelling at us going we already know the answer why are you like fumbling around with it well it's because i haven't watched the awards i haven't watched my future self perform the awards that's true um, that's true we don't have a time machine yet i don't have a time machine i want to keep the sacredness of the awards so i don't know the whole list until we see it Marin winning i think 
is not surprising. I think very I, yeah, not universal, surprised. loved by a lot of demographics. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, it, I think it but was for girl super of the year. I don't think there's anything else with the picture of like Bochi being all sad and nervous on the stage. And I'm like, oh man, imagine being Bochi in that moment and like getting second place, losing best girl at that point. Like, I don't know if that'd be so soul crushing, but then like at the end of the day, Bochi the Rock still ends up with pretty much the most amount of wins by any show across all of the categories. Yeah. Including it's anime like of the eight, year. I think, right? Eight, yeah. yeah. So it, it's like she lost that one, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they come home with like a lot of um, buried in trophies, buried in trophies. So it, it hopefully that gives uh, Boji the self confidence to move forward from there. I, I'm thinking, I, like, my headcanon is Bochi wins, or gets second place, is absolutely shocked that she, like, first of all, terrified that she has to go up on stage, but then immediately is like, of course they wouldn't vote me for number one, nobody likes me. <laughs> I feel like she would have that, like, even going from, like, top ten to, like, the top five cut. Yeah. Like, just being like, okay, well, hopefully this will be the last time I have to go on stage, and then just the shock of having to go on multiple times, like just, just progressively making it so, so nervous backstage. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the, our slash watching people die inside. She, she's just dying inside for, oh my gosh, it'd be so sad. Yeah. Uh, a couple ship of the year. Not surprised. Very glad. Shogana and Shinomiya got, uh, got that win, you know, season three, all the confessions happen. Truly. They are now couple, you know, as opposed to, Will they won't they for twenty four episodes? Oh yeah, <laughs> everyone's like yes. It's like so funny when I'm seeing like like people who are really big fans of romance shows and they finally like hold hands after thirty five episodes. It's 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 like yeah. that. It's like that kind of energy to me. Um, yep. But I think it's I think it's fine. Um, I think that's what adds. I think that's what puts the the comedy part of romantic comedy. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Because like the comedy at this point, it feels very meta, um, just because of just like knowing all of the tropes going into it, and like I feel like they have been, they definitely have been nominated before. I think I think so. A couple yeah. Ship, but like obviously because it didn't happen yet in the show, and it was just only just the tension. Like it never finalized until now. Um, and I think it was super funny how like the the promo art, how you just if you look at the the nominee page because there's just like the heart sensor on the kiss, but you see other, um, other couples that are kissing on in their promo art, but like that's not censored. Yeah. It's almost, Everybody else is smooching, but it's, uh, it's like, there's, it, it's like either forbidden or it's like, it's, it's so long awaited that you have to just experience it yourself. You know, it's like, you can't, yeah, <laughs> that's, Oh, I, guess it's... I love the the highlight for Lloyd and Yor though is like the hand heart picture. Yeah, that, one, that one's pretty cute. I like I like that selection of pictures. So like, props to whoever chose that one for the cover image. We have such great staff. They pick such excellent images. Oh yeah, for sure. Because even like Good the Yorin and Siletta one, I like too. Because it it like just one. You you just see the image of like just what the um the energy each person kind of brings in the couple um in a lot yeah. of these still images, which I think uh, yeah, I think that's important though, to be able to demonstrate an entire, you know, character dynamic in one picture. A lot of the a lot of the aspect awards, um not too surprised. I think that's because just, you know, you and I as staff members had to go through a lot to 
figure out who was getting nominated in the first place. So there was a lot of kind of rigorous um, vetting on a lot of these different shows. And so, yeah, at least amongst the staff, we kind of knew even just looking at how many people voted for a show to get nominated, kind of like what the general trend was going to be. So yeah, for not sure. too surprised. I mean, some of them are really cool. I mean, I think with like cyberpunk edgeners had a really uh, good win for screenplay as well as um, let me look at the other list. They had, they had one other, I forget, not the, I'm looking it was um it was mecha slash sci-fi oh for sci-fi for, show uh, you're right because that, yeah, that and ended and up that beating original out, screenplay that ended up beating out gundam um but that was great i mean there's the staff gave us a really nice comment on that um i think that they're even making a graphic right now um for the uh that's so cool it's so cool i can't wait to see how that turns out on there um uh yeah i mean like lucas recoil had really good wins i mean call of the night had some pretty expected ones. Like I, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised with Call of the Night. Like I think Scenery's. In, let's see which one was it. It was Scenery's. Scenery's and visuals. visuals, and I think that I'm really happy that people agreed with that because that was one that I felt personally they should have won that. Um, yeah, just because the, I think it, it just has that all-encompassing mood in the show. Yeah, we. I think we talked about it previously on the on the on the podcast about like what made Call of the Night good. Um, especially in terms of like vibes and the audio visual aspect of it. I loved the coloring that they did to like make the nighttime seem more interesting. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's just got that really like romanticized visual, if that makes sense. Like, it's just like, it's just, it really captures the mood and feeling, somber feeling of night, the mystery with it. And then like the ending song is the other, the other win with it. Like it, it was almost like that one honestly was not even close to me. I think that that was the only one I think that, was gonna win um there was a really funny moment if a bunch of chainsaw man ending songs were nominated because now you have to that be like was, yeah which which one is supposed to win right now i have no idea um you have to like remember like which episode and which order each of these were supposed to be because some of the visuals on the chainsaw man endings are are so beautiful and i love watching them oh yeah no i i love I love it when a when an anime does like a different ending theme for every episode or even like every few episodes. I remember um Doro Hedoro had that where they've got like six different ending themes uh for the entire show uh which was always kind of fun cuz you never knew which one it was going to be cuz sometimes they'd mix it up they'd be like oh, we're doing ending 3 this episode and then we're going to do ending 4 and then back to ending 3 cuz why not? Yeah, I mean, it definitely really mixed up the tone because, I mean, like, with Dorothodoro, it was like you had, like, it's a chaotic show, so you might as well have a really chaotic ending sequence where you don't really know what you're going to get. Um, yeah. Uh, opening theme. Uh, I think Chiki Chiki Bam Bam, great song, a lot of good meme potential. I'm glad that your boy Kong Ming, you know, got an award. Uh, I was because... sold on the intro. I mean, that's, that's that is what you need to sell the show yeah no that's a great way to get people like automatically interested in what your show is offering mm -hmm. although in the chainsaw man opening i always love the part when it cuts to power with the professor glasses oh, that yeah. part always makes me laugh in that intro like i i, I was like like rewatching chainsaw man one from visual two so like i could have seen that one i also um oh my gosh when twitter exploded when um the mob psycho 100 um part happened because all i kept seeing was just like the reagan spinning around as a gift. 
you know the shot I'm talking quality. about from the yeah from the intro. It was just like high quality rotating Reagan. Yeah, yeah, that, that part was hilarious. I think <laughs> I'd say it's a, it's a, yeah, no, it's a good uh, good sequence. I'm I'm just thinking about like the Chainsaw Man opening still because uh, there was that one. I think it was a tweet that was posted, but it was basically a side by side on like every film that the opening is referencing. Which is really cool because it means somebody had to have watched enough of those movies to be like, all right, this is what we're going to do for the opening sequence. We're just going to reference like 15 different films, just like one after the other. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, that takes that takes some dedication. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just like especially because a lot of the shots seemed like they had to like either recreate it with their own filter or something or yeah, um, rotoscope on top of like original film. I'm not really sure like which what they had to do in some cases because some shots felt like they were taking the film directly and and using the rotoscoping techniques but other shots they had to like really um take their own creativity and like kind of like get shots that were kind of inspired by the aesthetic yeah um, yeah for sure yeah no it definitely seemed like a huge challenge um but the biggest challenge was trying to compete with the funk it was too yeah. funky. The funk, I you know that those, those kind of songs, just uh, the funk, you know, funky stuff always uh, kind of has an edge. I, I think, and I, I'm just looking at it, uh, just the winners for this year. And I think also I would have to double check my the winners from last year, but the the kind of like stereotypical, I don't want to say stereotypical, but the the commonly associated like anime opening ending, um like j-rock kind of kind of thing um you know it, it sometimes has a i think that's a detriment like it, it it sometimes you can have a really good song that like rocks out pretty hard but the openings and endings that have like a really interesting gimmick to it or or a new twist on a particular style that's not as common for openings and endings that's really what what gets people to remember you you know six or eight or ten months down the line when it's time to vote again oh yeah for sure i mean i think like this i don't think was nominated but like i think another one that kind of sticks out to me is being like kind of immediately iconic was like the urusa yatsura opening mm-hmm. i think that that one like with the dance sequence from there and like the actual just noise where it i mean the the main ish thing is that it's also kind of falling back from just using the fact that it's a reboot but it it has kind of its own unique sound while also capturing, I guess, the mood of the show. Um, whereas like with an action show, it's kind of like you have to have like a high, like almost like you're forced into using a high energy um, because it's Yeah, because you action. want people to get hype. Yeah, you can't really have sad unless it's Devil May Cry Baby where it's kind of more somber mood because like this is going to be unadulterated um violence violence and sadness and we're not gonna have too much fun in this show like we're gonna have a little bit of fun but also some suffering but uh yeah i think that's uh i think that's all that's kind of all my thoughts on the winners at the moment i'm sure uh once i watch the award show and uh you know all that uh, i'll have more thoughts but that'll be enough to you know keep contained to a small segment of podcast as opposed to an entire episode yeah, and we'd love to hear um, kind of like what people thought about the award show and like what the actual yeah. winners are, or like which ones that you were really gunning for, or like what was the most unexpected announcements of all of everything. Um, yep, absolutely. Like 
we'd love to hear your thoughts on you know not only who won but also you know what did you think about this show and the presentation itself we all know that nick did a fantastic and 10 out of 10 job but do you have any comments I do think, on nick's 10 i, out I do 10 think job? it was crazy like i i always thought that like for voice acting awards i think it was just kind of hilarious to me that um the tanizaki atsumi won for, uh, for anya yeah like i i just think the idea of like just like winning as like just voicing a child character is just super interesting just because your range had to be like so different from like what i guess you would normally do unless you were like really really specialized in that yeah well i mean atsumi tanizaki was the voice of um Viv- or diva from yeah Vivi Flores. exactly so, not the singing voice i think but the the speaking yeah voice. like exactly but that's such a different performance yeah exactly and so i think like hearing that i think really made re- made me retrospective realize like wow that was an insane amount of range um going into it and i think it's it's kind of hilarious it's just like the performance for that one really made a lot of the jokes stick um it was like yeah. anya's hilarious as a character and i just think a lot of it has to do with just like the sheer shocked energy she has from like when she's like telepathically listening to like like kind of her like the the little like nuances in like the kind of screams like are really funny to me yeah definitely it's uh because anya doesn't talk that much and even when she has an internal monologue she doesn't have that many lines so to be able to portray you know to be able to give off that performance when you're when the you know sheer number of words that you have to convey a given feeling or attitude is so is so small really means that like those words count Mm-hmm. yeah for sure wow. and then on the other side with the best uh voice actor um for hanai natsuki natsuki hanai which sorry i butchered your name i'm gonna get destroyed like i, sh- I yeah. should i should know this <laughs> um i only say that because i was at the ax for the twisted wonderland panel where he was on stage playing the game and like man the star power he has is pretty infectious um yeah so I, I'm almost like not surprised, but there's so many, there were so many good lists, I think, for for nominations from here that Oh yeah. Um Turn, turns out in an industry that is like known for giving good performances, people do really well. Yeah, exactly. It was almost like I think I am surprised for Hananatsuki winning for summertime rendering, whereas like I think even in like um like Odd Taxi or even um even in Demon Slayer, I think there were also really good performances that he put out from there. So I love his Odd Taxi performance because it's so different from what a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. That's why it's like I it's like, but I have to take into account like the previous performances to really appreciate that. Yeah, that's um, true. So it is kind of funny now. It's like now he's just like as the main pro tag for the show, leading and in summertime rendering. Um, I don't know what else there is to say about it. I mean, it's it's just kind of interesting to me. It's really neat. Um, Congratulations to all the winners. I think I I don't know the podcast end roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, you can follow us at Any Trends Pod. Um, you can also follow the Girl Taku Podcast um, on pretty much wherever you get podcasts. Um, yeah, if you if you're listening here, you can listen to them. Um, and then you can follow Nick on his Twitter. Yep, you can follow me on Twitter at Nico the Neko. I'm probably going to be posting some of my thoughts and reactions as we go. Um, or I will have at this point because it's just like hosting it and then um, seeing it come out. And then I'll be, I'm pretty excited to just 
to have future me host and hopefully it turned out really great and we're going to have a really good time. Um, and yeah, so pretty much we really appreciate a lot of what our um, fans end up doing for this show. Um, because I think without the, the voters, like we don't really get as much acclaim. We don't have a show without the voters. Like, we yeah, absolutely. Like voters. we're not sitting here like, like we could sit here just to discuss this for fun, but I mean like the amount of support we get, that allows us to do a lot of the stuff within the industry um, is something that I'm like really, really appreciative of. And so like, I really, really hope um, people really enjoyed, um, I guess, discussing like the nominations and like who should have won, who won here, like why, like just kind of celebrating, I think a lot of the um, really, really positive aspects of the industry this year, especially because we're running into so much of the production issues um, due to, like just world effects that have just been lingering um, within this industry. And I think it helps um, and goes a really long way in supporting um, some of the things we really love. Absolutely. Like, again, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and participating. It, it really does mean the world to us. Um, we'll probably get even more sentimental next week uh, once the award show is said and done. Uh, you should tune into live stream. It's on, uh, oh gosh, it's the 25th of, at least like US time, it's the 25th uh, in the nighttime. I'll, I'll post another link, uh, not in the description here because the podcast will happen after the, uh, the award show, but I'll make sure to tweet or, or at least retweet the, uh, the official announcement uh, from the Anime Trending podcast or the Anime Trending account. Uh, so you should give it a listen. Or wait. Did I just t- Nick? Did I just tell people to watch the show, even though this is coming out after the show? Yeah, go watch the vlog. It'll be on YouTube. It will still. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it'll Thank it'll you for still rescu- be there. You can like honestly watch it because on the same channel, there's also the shows from like previous years um, that also have pretty good performance stuff, and they've been popping up on my YouTube randomly, even though like I'm not using that same account. Um, well, that's to, really funny. Yeah, so I'm like I'm getting recommendations for past shows, and I'm like, wait, that's kind of cool. Um, I should. I kind of want to rewatch them. Maybe I'll uh, be able to rewatch the one that I tried to help host, and like you can just listen to Medi and I just trip over clock oh, no. the entire time. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, the fact that I forgot what time things are posted and tried to like say watch this in the future from the past uh, is definitely the indicator that we should probably wrap up this episode. So thanks so much, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Uh, bye bye.